pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Holy moly, what a night last night was. I mean, four of the most entertaining classic quarterfinal matchups that I can remember in quite some time. We welcome you in, everybody. This is Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. And I'm telling you right now, one buzzer beater. We had a triple overtime game. We had three total overtime games with the triple overtime game. We had a 24-point comeback, a miraculous comeback. I know that phrase, March Madness, gets thrown out every year and rightfully slow, but it's, it is so deserving of being called that the madness was real last night. I always say this, and again, it just depends on who your team is. And, you know, March is fantastic because it's the best month of the year. I always say it's the best month of the year until it gets here. Because this month, March, breaks more hearts than any other month out there. March destroys people. People love the badness. We're addicted to the buildup to March Madness. But really, we are just getting, we're getting hyped up and juiced up just to have our hearts broken. And there were four fan bases last night that all had their hearts ripped out. But there are also four fan bases who feel like their team is on cloud nine right now. I mean, it was an unbelievable night. Again, uh, we had a buzzer beater. We had three overtime games. We had a triple overtime game. We had a 24-point comeback. The quarterfinal matchups last night were unbelievable, and I can't tell you how excited I was watching all of those. I was on the call for the Wright State-Milwaukee game. The 24-point comeback from Milwaukee just was unbelievable. Here are your final scores from last night. The Oakland Golden Grizzlies in overtime knock off Youngstown State 87-83. to The Oakland Golden Grizzlies advanced to take on the winner between Northern Kentucky and the Detroit Mercy. Northern Kentucky came out on top. Well, they just, they only needed 40 minutes, but they needed an entire 40 minutes because they were the team that won at the buzzer. Northern Kentucky, they have this habit of winning the conference championship every year, and they also have this habit of buzzer beaters at this time of year every year. 70-69 to 69 with the buzzer-beating win over the Detroit Mercy. Antoine Davis, Mike Davis had a fantastic season. Cannot say enough about how excited I am about the future of those two right now, but uh, I'm telling you right now, that was an instant classic last night. How about Purdue-Fort Wayne? They have they last week split with Cleveland State. And then we thought Cleveland State had a pretty light finish to the season, taking on a Purdue-Fort Wayne team who really just continued to battle them over the last two weeks or two nights of the regular season. And then they have to play Cleveland State again. And they forced the Vikings into three overtimes. Triple overtime. The Cleveland State Vikings needed three overtimes to knock off John Kaufman's Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons again. This is their first season in the Horizon League, and it's going to be a season to remember. Maybe not for all the right reasons. They did not come out on the side that they really wanted to, but the final last night, 108-104, to the Cleveland State Vikings, the one seed, advanced to the semifinals. Congratulations to the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons on a fantastic first year in the Horizon League. Cleveland State will now take on the winner from last night's an, uh, another instant classic, 
the Wright State Raiders and the Milwaukee Panthers. Another overtime game, the third overtime game of the night. I was on the call for that matchup last night. I was on the radio call for it. And at one point, my broadcast partner and I, Scott Leo, does a fantastic job. Him and I do all the Wright State women's games for the ESPN3 and Plus feed. We did the radio side last night for the men's game. And at a certain point, you know, at halftime, it was 44 to 26. And I'm like, man, we got gypped. We got the boring game of the night. All these other games are not, they're neck and neck. I mean, every one of them is just, it's punch for punch. And we got Wright State up 20 at halftime. And they're just going to cruise like they always do. And, well, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. But I was never more wrong than I was last night. Not only did Milwaukee uh, come back and, and make it a competitive game, they came all the way back and won. Now, Again, 20 at half. We've seen teams come back from that before at halftime. That wasn't the surprising thing. But the score was 72 to 48. 72 to 48 with six minutes and 15 seconds remaining. Six minutes and 15 seconds left. The Wright State Raiders led it 72 to 48. And Milwaukee and the Panthers came all the way back in one. I mean, it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. They forced overtime. Loud and Love, the Horizon League Player of the Year, the reigning back-to-back Horizon League Player of the Year, fouls out uh, with the just over two-plus minutes to go. It was, And again, at that point, the Raiders, even with Loud and Love fouling out, they were still up 73-65. to Grant Basile for the Raiders drops 35 points and 14 rebounds. It just wasn't enough. Milwaukee completed the miraculous comeback again, down 72 to 48. I cannot say it enough. 72 to 48 with six minutes and 15 seconds left. And they upset. They had the upset of the night, knocking off the Wright State Raiders on their home floor. And we all were anticipating this Cleveland State, Wright State, Horizon League Championship game, one versus two, the battle of co champions of the regular season. And Milwaukee, they had other plans. Golston, I got to give, I mean, that unbelievable performance last night from him. Look, Milwaukee has a roster full of talented players, uh, but Golston had 31 points last night to go along with nine rebounds. Tejon Lucas had 25 points to go along with five assists. I mean, it took miraculous performances from both of those guys. Tejon Lucas, really good player, third team All Horizon League, All League player. He did his thing, but it was Golston rising up and having a career night. 31 points to lead the Milwaukee Panthers over the Raiders on the road in overtime, 94 to 92. You've heard me ramble. Enough of me. Let's bring on our guest, Jordan Burnfield. Again, you recognize his voice calling all the games uh, for the ESPN family of networks throughout the season, and he does a fantastic job. And I know that him and I keep in touch throughout the regular season. Just again, he's had he's called so many classic games all year, including the two Wright State games that were, that ended on buzzer beaters. You know, Youngstown State beating Wright State at the buzzer, Cleveland State a week later on ESPN knocking off Wright State at the buzzer. He has had so many big time games to call this year, uh, and last night four instant classics our conversation with espn's jordan burnfield is brought to you by health and wellness company zervita changing lives for the better through nutritional and performance-based products and opportunities enjoy our conversation as we look back at last night's historic night in the horizon league again one buzzer beater three overtime games a triple overtime game a 24-point comeback it could not have been any more of an entertaining night than what we got last night. Here's our conversation, my conversation with Jordan Burnfield here on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Jordan, I thought that you called some of the biggest instant classic games in the league this year, and I think you got trumped four times last night. I did, yeah, Justin. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I was excited to watch, and I knew that the games would be fun because – you know as well as I do, 
following this league for years that when you get to this time of year, you know, the Horizon League tournament always delivers because you kind of never know what's going to happen. But, you know, I was texting with uh, David Padgett, our producer, Kyle Binder, last night. Like, every year I think I know about the Horizon League, and then we get to the tournament, and then it confirms that I don't know anything. Like, every year you think you know kind of how the tournament's going to go and which teams are going to end up in Indy and which teams are going to win. And then the whole thing is almost like you drop all these teams into a hat and you shake them around and you pull out four, and that's who ends up in in the Horizon League semis in the championship. It's just nuts. And last night, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound hyperbolic and say, like, that was the craziest thing ever or whatever because, you know, I, I'd have to go through the history of all these tournaments, but I can't remember at least a night where you had, it, you know, it was like the perfect storm where, like, all these games are going out at the same time and they're all seemingly going to overtime or multiple overtimes and there's buzzer beaters and it was all the things we love about March in one night. It was just great. No, it is. And we're going to go down game by game from last night in just a moment. But last night, uh, Scott Leo and myself, we do all the women's games for Wright State. And we, we got to fill in on the radio side for the men's game last night. And, and following the Wright State-Milwaukee game, uh, you know, we didn't leave. We were all huddled around Jim Brown and Chris Collins, you know, socially distanced, of course. Uh, but, but he on it, had on his iPad and on his phone and on his laptop, we had all three of the other games rolling at the same time. And we're screaming and hollering. And we could I mean, it was just one crazy shot, one crazy finish after another. It was unlike anything we've seen before. It definitely was a reminder that March is officially here. But, Jordan, I want to look at, let, well, let's start with Youngstown State and Oakland. Uh, one of the overtime games, again, three of the four games last night went into overtime including cleveland state purdue fort wayne that went into triple overtime which we'll get to but oakland 87 youngstown state 83 the oakland golden grizzlies move on and advance to indianapolis the final four here for the horizon league championships but that game too just another heavyweight battle between two teams who didn't live up to what they were hoping to accomplish in the regular season but regular season be damned they were throwing haymaker after haymaker in one of the instant classic matchups last night yeah, for sure, and, and I think that, you know, there's a couple things that stand out to me with regard to that game last night. One is that, you know, as you mentioned, uh, both teams came in with pretty high expectations. Uh, I think that with regard to Youngstown State, you know, this is the team to pick uh, pick to finish second in the league, right? So there, there was a lot of reason to believe in the Penguins this year just because Jared Calhoun's players were seniors and, you know, I really like their mix. And, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking about in answering this question is something that you said earlier in the podcast, which is that, you know, March is great except for some, right? And, like, for these Youngstown State kids, this has been building and building and building for them, right? Jared Calhoun came in. I really like Jared. I really like the direction he's taking the program in. But this was a year where – they expected to take that step forward because you had this first recruiting class become seniors and you were hoping to take that next step forward. So I know that for his kids, and, you know, maybe they'll come back next year, but if they don't, um, it's, just, it's just a tough way for their careers to come to an end uh, when you have, you know, a lot of seniors on this team that I know are hoping to go further than they did. On the flip side, for Greg Campy, I mean, the guy is – you know, I have so much respect 
for Coach Campy and the guy's a magician. I mean, when you think about the fact that they were 0-9, I believe, to start the year, and they end up with a home game in the Horizon League tournament, and then they win that game to be one of the last four teams in the league. You know, I know that with this season, obviously, there's a lot of weirdness because of the, the unprecedented year that we've been in with trying to play through a pandemic and all of that. But when you watched what they were in November and December playing a really hard schedule in their state, you just figure, like, man, this could be a tough year for Oakland. They're so young, and they have such a new team. Uh, to be one of the last four in Indy just speaks to the coach that Campy is and, and to the players that they have. I mean, Jalen Moore has been great this year. I, I really think that he's got a special future. I'm really impressed with Townsend. Um, you know, they, they've got a lot of talent there. So I, I think um, Oakland being in the Final Four, you know, you said it, Justin, this is a team that, you know, when Campy has had some of those heavyweight teams, they, they thought they were going to get through the Horizon League and win it. And they did it. So maybe this is the year uh, where there's less expectation on them at this point in the tournament that they finally put it together and, and make the dance uh, in, in the Horizon League. So uh, it, it's that was a fun one to watch. But, you know, it, it's amazing because of all the games, this was probably the one that was, like, least insane, right? So um, quite, quite a night for sure. Yeah, again, that final 87-83, Oakland over Youngstown State in overtime. Oakland advances to the semifinals in Indianapolis at Indiana Farmers Coliseum. They have the 9-30 game on ESPN2 um, on Monday night, and they're going to be taking on the winner of the Northern Kentucky and Detroit game last night, another overtime affair. And, and that No, that was the uh, non-overtime game, I'm sorry, but that was the, the buzzer beater, uh, the last-second buzzer yeah. beater in what was just a, another heavyweight back-and-forth matchup, 70-69 to Northern Kentucky over the Detroit Mercy. Look, I never have favorites in this, but I, I looked at that, and I'm a big Detroit fan because of the the, the job that we have seen uh, Mike Davis and, and his coaching staff do in turning that program around, running double digits in the league this year. Antoine Davis is probably the most special talent in the league, no disrespect to any other player out there. Um, but, to, you know, I was really pulling to see them get on that stage, on that platform. But Northern Kentucky, Darren Horn, rinse, wash, repeat the Northern Kentucky method come March Madness every single year it's unbelievable yeah i mean i i think you said it there I, I think that detroit mercy was a great story this year and I, I i'm a huge fan of mike davis and i'm a huge fan of antoine davis i think antoine is incredible he is so much fun to watch i'm so excited to see what he's going to be able to do next year um i think that that kid has you know the sky is the limit for that kid and i think that now that detroit mercy has been able to put some real talent around him that team is going to be one next year that i think is going to go in with expectations they frankly have not had in recent years just because you know davis and you know noah waterman is a huge addition to that team and you know i don't know if bullet qual is going to stay obviously with with the uh eligibility this year allowing everyone to wash here maybe he can come back a year from now i thought he was a great compliment uh, to to Antoine, and I, I just think that they have a really good mix of players. Um, so I think that their future is really bright. But I also think you've got to give so much credit to Darren Horn and NKU. It's like every year, the reason why NKU has sort of built what they built, starting with John Brannon and the job that he did with Drew McDonald and, and that group, and now Darren coming in 
uh, they just win, and they win in March. And last night, I mean, the way that they were able to keep it close late, and Trayvon Faulkner and uh, Marquess Warwick and those guys were just, you know, relentless down the stretch. And then that last sequence where Bam, you know, gets, what, like three, four shots at the rim and finally puts it in at the buzzer. It was a tremendous finish. Um, I really, I, I have so much respect for Darren and what, what he's been able to do to try to kind of change the look of Northern Kentucky, but keep that winning atmosphere and that culture going. And they're doing it. And to win a game like that, you know, I don't think home court advantage is relevant this year because there's no fans in the crowd. Uh, but just being able to win the way that they did was tremendous, and, and they deserve a ton of credit. So congrats to the Norse. You know, this is their time of year, and, and they found a way to do it again. Again, the Oakland Golden Grizzlies, Northern Kentucky, will meet Monday night in the semifinals. Uh, again, trying to punch their ticket back to the to the Horizon League Championship game on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. But eight, well, nine, and, and you know for that one, Justin, I don't mean to interrupt you, you know for that one that Tampa has got, uh, you know, images of Drew McDonald yes. in that three <laughs> in the Horizon Tournament of previous years. So if you don't think Oakland's going to be ultra-motivated in that one, you know, that, that – I know that Darren's going to be well aware of that because I know Greg Campy, and I know that you know he's probably watched that clip back, and he is ready to go for that one. Well, I think what Greg Campy has going for him is the fact that well, NKU they got their buzzer beater out of the way. They they got the buzzer beater yeah. out of the way to get to Oakland, so now Oakland has a, a nice opportunity here. But that's going to be a good one. Yeah. Let's continue going down the list from last night again. The Horizon League was all over the place last night. It was on Scott Van Pelt Sports Center highlights. I mean, the, the Horizon League was the talk of the town, and rightfully so. Four instant classic games. Let's move on. The number one seed, the Cleveland State Vikings, they narrowly escape a Purdue Fort Wayne team that I think everyone had written off. Like, I looked at some of these matchups last night, and I'm going to be very honest. I, did, I didn't think there was going to be a lot of good matchups last night. I thought we were going to, what we saw last night is what I was expecting come next week with the semifinals. But Purdue Fort Wayne, they came out. The one thing I always forget is March Madness. The urgency is there because it's win or go home. And especially this year with the NIT being only 16 teams and there's less opportunities for teams from conferences like the Horizon to make it. And, you know, the CBI, all those, all those tournaments are out the window right now. It's win or go home. This was the win or go home type atmosphere. And you saw it last night. Purdue Fort Wayne forcing three overtimes and uh, Purdue Fort Wayne forcing three overtimes and unfortunately coming up just short. 108-104, the final. Dennis Gates and Cleveland State survives and most importantly advances. Yeah, I mean, it, here to, to me there were so many things in this game, right? Like we could do a whole podcast on this game and it would be warranted <laughs> because it was insane. But I don't, tell me what you think of this, Justin. Having watched Cleveland State so much this year, and knowing Dennis Gates the way we've gotten to know him, and I think that that guy is like, if he gave me lottery numbers, I'd buy them because I think he's just magic, that guy. When he put in Mabor Majak, okay, who barely plays, but is 7-2 to guard an inbounds pass in the third overtime, and it, and it resulted in Cleveland State getting a seal late when they needed it off the inbound, to me, like, that is Cleveland State in a nutshell. That's why they are where they are, because that is a complete collective team. They are not – I mean, I know Torrey Patton is a great player, but they are not like a one-star-driven team at all, right? They are, they are greater than the sum of their parts. And the fact that Dennis Gates was able to call on that kid, Majak, to come in and frustrate an inbounds pass enough – 
to get a steal and win the game is everything you need to know about Cleveland State basketball. Like, they are all about culture. They are all about the collective. They treat every guy, whether you're the bench captain or you're the star, the exact same way. And that is why they have been able to rise to this level and got the one seed when no one expected it and why they continue to win these games. And, listen, Purdue for Wayne deserves so much credit. Like, John Kaufman has got something going there. I love the way they play the last couple of weeks. Like, the game they won last week was crazy. This game was, was amazing, and they deserve so much credit for the way that they battled at the end of the year. But, like, to me, when you look at Cleveland State and what they're doing and why they're doing it, being able to put in a guy that might be, like, 12th on your roster today, but to put him in and to have the confidence in that player to come through in a moment like that, like, that is why Cleveland State is where it is. Dennis Gates deserves so much credit. I think that guy is one of the best young coaches in the sport, and I think that they're an amazing story. And if they if they win the Horizon League tournament this year, like, that is going to be one just incredible accomplishment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, Dennis Gates, co-coach of the year last year, splitting it with Coach Nagy at Wright State and then winning it outright this year with his team winning uh, co-champions for the Horizon League and him winning coach of the year. Uh, there was no doubt who the coach of the year was going to be with the job that he did here in year two with Cleveland State. And three overtimes, you know, that's a lot of minutes to be played. Last night, three players had 50 minutes or more. Jordan, three players played 50. Those, there's some sore bodies in Purdue, in Fort Wayne and Cleveland today. I promise you that much. Torrey Patton finished with 30 points in 50 minutes to go along with 13 total rebounds and four assists. Uh, and just clutch shot after clutch shot. I mean, Eichelberger, the big bank off the corner, or, uh, you know, the big bank three, again, to tie it up late. I mean, Purdue-Fort Wayne had so many opportunities, and Cleveland State just would not let it happen. You know, you look at Cleveland State, Jordan, I thought that they had the, one of the easiest finishes to the regular season. I'm like, man, they got two with Purdue-Fort Wayne, and then they're going to play, a, you know, a low seed in the tournament. They get three straight games at Purdue-Fort Wayne, and Purdue-Fort Wayne made them play 40-plus minutes in every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that I think is true about the league this year, and I think it's been less true in previous years, but still somewhat true to a degree, is that, like, the, the league now, the way it's constructed, there has not been a truly dominant team at the top over the last few years. So what it has turned out, what it has resulted in is a tournament that is way more wide open, right? So, like... There isn't that much that separates the top seed from the bottom seed, and it's also a credit to the bottom of the league that it has started to rise. And, you know, I think that that is what's kind of helped these crazy games come to fruition in the Horizon League tournament because in a one-and-done scenario, there hasn't been one team that has been so far ahead of everybody else. Like, there have been some years where there have been some really, really good teams, but in a one-game scenario, they may not be that dominant as compared to the rest of the league. And that's why every year it feels like you get these teams near the bottom winning a couple of games and getting to the end that maybe you didn't expect to see. But, you know, Purdue-Fort Wayne, I think, is a team that, you know, like I said, I think that in their first year in the league, they did themselves proud. They have a lot of reasons to feel good about themselves. And I'm excited to see what they're able to do a year from now, two years from now, 
Um, and, and, you know, again, Cleveland State, like, hats off to you guys and to Tory Patton, who basically in that third overtime was like, I'm winning this game for us, and I'm going to drive every single time, and you're not going to stop me. Just a great game. We have ESPN's Jordan Burnfield with us. You recognize his voice from Friday nights. Again, the voice of the Horizon League on ESPN's Family Networks throughout the regular season. Uh, We're excited to have him with us here as we recap last night's four instant classic games. We've already gotten through three. We have one more to go. Jordan, I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Let's do the final game here. Last night, Scott Leo and myself, again, as I mentioned earlier, we filled in on the radio side for the men. And at a certain point at halftime, uh, Wright State was up 44-26, and we're watching these close games around the league. I said, man, we got the most boring game of the night. I said, this is easily the most boring game of the night. Wright State's, <laughs> Wright State's doing what they do every single night pretty much, and that's just lay the hammer down. They dominate you with their post guys. I mean, Grant Basile, I feel heartbroken for him. Career high, 34 points, 14 rebounds. 35 points, 14 rebounds last night, and just came up short. 44-26 at halftime. It was 72-48 to with six minutes to go in the ballgame. 6-15 to be exact. 72-48 to right state over Milwaukee. Uh, you know, it, it just seemed like the game was done. We made the mistake of starting to talk about right state advancing to Indianapolis, which a broadcaster should never do. Broadcasting 101, I made the mistake. And sure enough, we were in for quite a ride. Milwaukee comes back, forces overtime, and edges out Wright State to advance to the semifinals. The two seed knocked out last night in what was easily the biggest upset of the night. Wright State, who is having their best season from a Ken Palm ranking standpoint, a net ranking standpoint, and that's it. Their season is done. Everything they accomplished in the regular season, all the stats, everything they've accomplished, their season is done thanks to Milwaukee's miraculous comeback. 72-48 again, 6.15 to go. What, were you, what was your thoughts? At what point did you realize, because I'm sure you weren't watching it, at what point did you realize, oh, man, Milwaukee came back to make a game of it? So it's funny that you posed the question this way, Justin, because so I had that game up, and I'm like, all right, well, it, it looks like it's over. So I turned <laughs> it off with, I think, seven minutes left, right? Or maybe maybe six minutes left, like you said, it was 72-48. to 48. And then I was watching the end of the NKU game. I'm watching the Oakland guy. Like, I'm, I, you know, like with the, the ESPN app, you can kind of multi-screen it. So, like, I'm kind of – I have the other games going, and I flipped out the, the Wright State game. And then I went online, and I was checking the scores of other games uh, because I was also following that, that Illinois-Michigan game last night. And I was like, wait a second. Wright State lost in overtime? I, I like – I yeah I thought that there was a mistake on the website. I, I I'm not even kidding. Like I, my brain was unable to understand what happened. So then I was like, hold on, like maybe I have to refresh the internet, and I couldn't figure it out. So then last night I went back and rewatched the whole game because I'm like, okay, I have to see how this occurred, and I watched it, and I still kind of can't believe it. Right, like for a game to end in that way. Well, here's what I would say. I think Wright State, I'm a huge fan of Scott Nagy's. I'm a huge fan of his coaching staff. The people at Wright State are great. I, I, I've gotten to cover these kids for a, for a while, right? And, like, we've had a lot of Wright State games, justifiably so, from the ESPN package because they've been one of the best teams in the league for a long time. And I'm really thrilled for Pat Baldwin, who I've known since he was at Northwestern, and for his kids that they got to have this incredible, incredible win, and they deserve all the credit. But, you know, Wright State has had a couple of moments this year where 
you know, we had them, right, where, where they had games where you felt like they're, they should have been ahead by more and they weren't, and then they ended up losing games on buzzer beaters that we called. A game like that, you can't really put into any kind of pattern and say, well, they lost this game uh, because of a buzzer beater, so it portends that they should have lost a game like this. Like, their win probability was so high last night that to have lost it is sort of boggling to the mind, as we were discussing. I, the one thing I would say is I, I, I'm thrilled for Milwaukee and, and for their fans and for those kids and for Coach Baldwin and his staff. Like, that was amazing. But I really do feel bad for the Wright State kids and for the coaching staff because, like, that's a game that you just can't believe that you would lose. And, you know, it was like Golston could not miss, and Lucas was great, and all those guys down the stretch just, you know, they, they took advantage of every miscue that Wright State made, and they, they stole that game. And it was amazing, and they deserve so much credit for it. But, like, that's the toughest part of college basketball for me. This year stunk and from the standpoint that, you know, we didn't really get to talk to the kids because of COVID protocols, and we were not on the court. And normally, before games, I like to go up and I like to get to know the kids. And I didn't get to really talk to any of them this year. But guys like Loud and Love, like I've covered him for four years, and I have gotten to know him a little bit. And, and we, you know, we've gotten to know those kids over the years. So I just feel like crushed for them, right? Like that is so tough to to have lost a game like that. And if that is it for some of those guys, I mean, my gosh, like. That is such a tough way to go out. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of it, like you said, like that is that is a game for the ages. I think we're going to be talking about how that was even possible uh, for many years to come. Yeah, again, just hard to wrap your mind around it. 72-48 with 6.15 to go. And I think the thing is, you know, Wright State has, I believe, about five or six games where they've blown opponents up by 30 or more this year. Uh, I think it's seven if you add the 28-point win that they had, I think, against Cleveland State one of those nights. But they have just demolished teams all year. And I felt like at that point with about six minutes to go, I got the vibe that the foot was taken off the gas a little bit, which you can't do to Milwaukee because there's just something I, I think with Wright State being one of the top teams in the league, winning the league three straight years, you're going to, on a normal night, get everyone's best shot. But then you get everyone's best shot on these elevated nights, like in a tournament setting. I mean, Golston was willing his team to win. He finished with 31 points. Tejon Lucas finished with 25 points. I, I'm not, no disrespect to the other players on Milwaukee, but those two single-handedly brought down the Wright State Raiders last night. It was an unbelievable performance. Uh, and you've seen Wright State go down in some of the craziest manners in back-to-back weeks on ESPN with the buzzer beaters against Youngstown State and Cleveland State. I think as shocking as those two were, this one just takes the cake because of the what was at stake again, a chance to get back to the semifinals. Wright State was good enough to get to the NCAA tournament, and uh, obviously their season comes to a heartbreaking end. Yeah, they, they were. I mean, listen, we, we said it on the broadcast, I think a few times this year, we felt like Wright State was perhaps the most talented team in the Horizon League, player to player. We felt like they were a team that, from a mid-major standpoint, had all the ingredients to win and to, you know, really challenge um, any opponent in the NCAA tournament. And I still feel that if you look at their roster and their coaching staff and the pedigree of those guys, you definitely would say that, right? Like, what's not to like about what they have? Loud and Love, two-time player of the year in the league. I mean, uh, a double-doubles machine, a guy that, you know, look at Grant Facilli and the way that he was able to develop this year and – to, you know, really emerge as one of the best players in the Horizon League. Tanner Holden, one of the best guards 
in this league. Trey Calvin, a guy that, you know, every everyone that I've worked with, you know, watches Trey Calvin and goes, man, this kid is just, there's so much to love about his game and how smooth he is as an underclassman. I mean, Tim Finke stepped right. I mean, you go down the list, they're, they're, they're a, a really good team. I think, you know, my hope for them is that it provides them a ton of motivation next year uh, because there were times where I feel like, you know, and, and Coach Nagy said it and we, we said it on the air that, like, you know, sometimes you just need that little extra kick of motivation and on the road you played naturally with more desperation and he felt like home games this year were a little bit tougher without the crowd to kind of build up that that intensity and and yeah I mean obviously you know Milwaukee put the pedal to the floor and Wright State you know was on its heels a little bit late in the game obviously and and Milwaukee pulled off an incredible comeback but you know I don't want to dwell on the loss too much because I think that for Pat Baldwin Yes. His team mm-hmm. has been knocking on the door, and for them to win this game, like this could be a program changer for Milwaukee. And I think Pat Baldwin is such a good coach that that this is going to be great for them, Milwaukee, and they deserve, you know, the the shine because of the win that they got. But yeah, for Wright State, it is that's as tough a loss as you can have. There's no question. All right, ESPN's Jordan Burnfield. Good enough to hang out with us here on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Semifinal action of the Horizon League Basketball Championships Monday night, Cleveland State and Milwaukee at 6.30 Eastern on ESPNU and the Oakland Golden Grizzlies in Northern Kentucky, 9.30 p.m. The tip-off, that's on ESPN2 with the championship game on Tuesday night, March 9th, at Indiana Farmers Coliseum. We'll find out who's going to represent the Horizon League in the NCAA tournament jordan your final closing thoughts just on those two matchups again cleveland state milwaukee oakland and northern kentucky how you feel about those two matchups as we close things out well i mean listen i think that the way that things have gone you never know what's going to happen i mean the result that cleveland state showed to win that game last night was incredible we'll see if they're able to pull off more magic obviously milwaukee is coming off an incredible victory. We talked about the history with, with Oakland and Northern Kentucky, so I think that that's going to be a, a tough, uh, motivated, physical kind of matchup. I mean, the one thing that I know about the Horizon League, Justin, I say it almost every year, is uh, you just don't know with, with these tournament games the way they've gone. I mean, we've seen nine seeds go to the – ten mm-hmm. seeds go to the championship. You just don't know. So I, I honestly have no idea who's going to win these two games. But the one thing that I will say – is that even in one of the toughest of years, um, the toughest of years, I think, because of the pandemic that we're in, this awful, awful virus and what it's done to the country and the world and to sports and to everybody, you know, kudos to the league for, at least from my perspective and I think our perspective from our crew, of keeping us safe and putting us in positions to be safe and to do these games. They truly, like, you know, people always say in a cliche that sports are – the distraction from reality, I feel like more than ever, these games were a distraction from reality that we all needed, right? Like, we needed this during what's been one of the most trying years of any of our lifetimes, and uh, I I just look forward to good, truly I look forward to good matchups on Monday and Tuesday. I already missed it, um, but, you know, I, I, I what I would say is, like, we all, I think, stuck together to try to put these games on this year and the league was really helpful to us so just thanks to everybody with the league 
And, uh, you know, thanks to all the people listening because, you know, we truly love doing this. I don't say this as lip service. We love it. Like, I wasn't doing these games, and I was home watching all of them last night, <laughs> as entertained as all of you were. So um, I'm just looking forward to good, good games Monday and Tuesday, and I'm sure they will be. All right, ESPN's Jordan Burnfield, our guest this week on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Jordan, thank you so much for your time. What a season it was, and it's still not over yet. Two big semifinal matchups on Monday and a championship game on Tuesday. And that's a perfect way to, to cap off what has been, a, considering the circumstances, a very entertaining season at that. Jordan, thank you so much. Thank you, and uh, you know, best everybody out there. Stay healthy and stay well.